Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by... No one, no one, please somebody sponsor me, please. Anything can happen in Formula One, and it usually does. One light, two lights, three lights, four lights, five lights, and it's go, 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 go! On the show tonight, we celebrate the great man... Murray Walker. Fernando Alonso has gone all Metal Gear Solid. Schumacher representing Daddy. And could the sprint races be introduced? The breakdown of the remaining constructors and everything from the weekend's Bahrain preseason testing. Plus your stat of the week and much, 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 much more. But first, we're going to hand the mic over to the man that invented the orgy. A man that can eat an entire cow in one sitting and a man that Mariah Carey really wants for Christmas. That man is the big P-I-I-M-F, the sex machine, Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. It is your boy, Colby, and go, go, go as we celebrate Murray Walker, who sadly passed on the weekend. You'll hear very famous Murrayisms throughout the episode today, and this is the Formula One podcast that needs to celebrate his greatness. Welcome to the parkit in my Ferme show. There is my Ferme. You see it over there. I can back it on up into you if you like, and you can just park it right there. Ooh, that is a tight fit. Mm. But you will make it work, I'm sure. What an absolutely mammoth show we have for you today. So much to cover off from preseason testing to the rest of the constructors. Breakdown 
what we started last week. And of course, remembering the great man that was Murray Walker, but also your stat of the week. So don't worry about that. And make sure you subscribe to the show. We are dropping episodes twice a week. Getting super excited for some F1 racing coming up, but we will have you covered from all the angles. There's an angle. You're not covered. We got you covered. So get your podcast listening app and caress that like and subscribe and follow button, whatever you have, because every Tuesday and Friday, I'll bring you all the action from around the world of F1. We have socials too, Insta, Twitter, Facebook. Get on over there and like and follow and do all that good stuff. And if you've missed any episodes, go to parkitinmyfilmmate.com page. They're all sitting there ready to pleasure your eardrums. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But first, the news. News, 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 news. Cody. Formula One news, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, it's the pimp news, pimp news, didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. Oh, that intro, baby, so tight, so tight, and we start with the biggest news from the last few days, and that is, of course, the sad passing of Murray Walker at the age of 97 on the 13th of March. He lived a very full life and was the voice of F1 for so many years, commentating from the 1970s F1, that is, all the way through until the early 2000s. We will go through a lot more to do with Murray Walker in a little bit, a little later on in the show. But first, as we're all aware, Fernando Alonso was involved in a cycling accident during the off-season. He's fine and walking around like he hasn't been scratched at all, but the Spaniard is sporting some new features. Let's see if FIA approve of him. He has now two titanium plates put in his jaw, but has noted that the two will be removed by the season's end. He is good to go, and hopefully he can see, we can see some of the Alonso glory that blessed our screens about 15 years ago. Moving on, Mick Schumacher decided to pay respects to the old man and his family by opting to go with the MSC on the timesheets instead of the SCH. Not much more to the story there apart from the nostalgia levels getting increasingly high and I'm starting to cry a little bit like a baby. And Mercedes, Red Bull and McLaren bosses whose teams were the top three in Formula 1 last year have given their backing to the proposed Saturday sprint qualifying race. The sport is expected to confirm the experiment, which would award championship points on Saturday as well as in Sunday's race, for a limited number of the season's planned 23 Grand Prix. Now, the sprint race would effectively serve as qualifying for Sunday's main event. The teams are due to have further discussions in Bahrain that weekend, the one that just went. Now, there's always a million reasons why not to do something, but I think... The concept's interesting. That's what Red Bull boss Christian Horner told reporters on the first day of pre-season testing on Friday. It is something that is in other motorsports around the world, and the fan interest and viewership is there for it. The people are hungry for more racing. Will sprint racing diminish the importance of the Sunday race then? Well, that might be a discussion for another time, but I think that is it for the news. Moving on. That's Genet, that's Mark Genet, he's, uh, he's done it again, this is his first time at Monaco and he's, he's, he's done it in at the swimming pool. They'll have to red flag that. Murray Walker, 
Now, over the weekend, we lost the voice of Formula One. Murray Walker passed away at the impressive age of 97. He was the first voice we ever associated with Formula One for a lot of us. And when I close my eyes and I picture any racing moment prior to 2001, it's always accompanied by his iconic voice. But what was it that made Murray Walker the best of the best? He certainly wasn't the most polished commentator out there, but he brought the human element to the sport, the excitement that was in, in his voice. It was infectious, and the way with words is what made him him. With his unique take on the English language, we were left with some of the most incredible catchphrases and Murrayisms, with such lines as, this would have been Senna's third win in a row if he had won the two before. And there are seven winners on the Monaco Grand Prix on the starting line today, and four of them are Michael Schumacher. It's gold. There's literally hundreds and hundreds of Murrayisms, but I can't do them all justice. So let's sit back, grab a beverage, or stand up like like Murray Walker would. And let's listen to some of the best of the best Murrayisms going around. Like These gravel traps don't seem to be stopping anybody at all here. There isn't one there, Murray. Just cost a Murray. few pence. Look, we've got a, a strange guy on this walking down the side oh, of the God. racetrack in a raincoat on the grass. And what on earth is he doing? Crossing the racetrack during the Grand Prix. And uh, clearly either a bit too much beer there or he's hit his head on something because he's not being sensible at all. Safety car, so this will close the pack oh. up, James. Yes, yeah, safety car, and everybody's reacting quickly. We're going to have everybody making their pit stops. We're expecting who's going to come first from McLaren. This could be very painful for whichever is the second. Amazing turnaround. Fantastic development this is. That lunatic, whoever he is, is changing the complexion of the race. There he is. Hopefully we'll never but, see that again. Man on track. But ding dong, are we going to see a race now? Lap 28 out of 56, which, unless I'm very much mistaken, is half a distance. And yes, I am very much mistaken. Twice 26 is not 58. We are not quite at the halfway point of the race. Well, we are now, actually. Isikella is eight. Mikasalo, an excellent night for Sauber. Jensen Button in the top 10 is in 11th. Ralph Schumacher doesn't really look to me as though he run out of gas. What do you think now? I think that's Michael, actually. The best that Mika Hakkinen could do, I think, is to take third position. Oh, my goodness! He takes pole position! Incredible! To show you just how iconic this man was, he was invited onto the Late Show with David Letterman. In a country where at the time, especially Formula One, was not popular. And I'm going to play that clip for you right now. Do you mind? I don't want to embarrass you, but I have a list of things, uh, phrases that you have coined in, in the course of your 30 years uh, of broadcasting. I, I thought you might go And, and they're fascinating. Uh, with half the race gone, there is half the race still to go. Now, that seems... <laughs> that seems yeah, obvious. It's, it's logic. Yeah, yes. yeah. There's nothing wrong with the car except it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You know, the, ni the nice thing about these, they, they, they mean everything and also absolutely nothing. You know, they, <laughs> interesting combination of things. Finding flashes of the obvious, I Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the gap between the two cars is nine-tenths of a second. 
That's less than a second. <laughs> He's in front of everyone in this race except for the two cars in front of him. <laughs> and then this one, I, think, I believe this one is your favorite. Uh, the car in front is absolutely unique except for the one behind it, which is identical. <laughs> Those are lovely. <laughs> And these, these come about because you're commenting on an ever-changing landscape, and I would guess that thoughts come in and, and go out in a different way. David, you, you, you're I, I'm commentating for two hours on end mm -hmm. about a 200-mile-an-hour sport, which is ever-changing. Uh, I stand up to commentate because, uh, as you probably know, I get very excited when I do, and I walk about the box and I'm pointing at the screen. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to get excited when you're sitting down. Right. It's much easier to do it when you're standing up. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and sometimes the words just come That's out right. in the That's wrong right. order. Right. Now it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time, yeah. So much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Right, this stat is all about dominance this week. Yes, we can talk about Schumacher in the Ferrari or Hamilton in the Mercedes, but no, 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 no. But I want to talk about Jim Clark who put in one of the greatest dominating performances ever in 1963 at the Belgian GP Spa. He started the race from 8th place. So I hear you say, there's nothing dominating about that. Well, how about this? How about this? He shot out of the gate. He went to first and dominated, leading every single lap of the race and winning. Still doesn't sound that impressive, I hear you ask. <laughs> Spa was a nine mile long track back then and it looked vastly different to how it looks today. So he lapped every single driver on the grid, but one, and that was Bruce McLaren. And he won the race by a margin, this is the impressive bit, he won that race by a margin of four minutes and 43 seconds. Are you fucking kidding me? The man won a Grand Prix by nearly five minutes? It is the most dominant performance ever in a Grand Prix, and I won't hear another word about it because that was your stat of the week. He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. What a weekend that was. We saw our first bit of action and boy am I excited. The cars were finally on the track. So now it's time to break down the weekend's pre-season testing in Bahrain and see what it is that we learned and see if it will impact our constructors' rankings and see if there's any going, going to be any surprises for the upcoming season. Now, with the Bahrain track giving us a little bit 
of a sandstorm. It's certainly made for some interesting driving. And straight away, one of the takeaways you take is Nikita Mazepin. He's still just a bit of a dick. Listen to him on the radio as he close as he as he was closely behind Lewis Hamilton when Hamilton spun off the track. And this is Lewis Hamilton before he got to the line, trying to prepare the tyres nicely, ended up pirouetting instead. And this was Nikita Mazepin who was just behind Hamilton. <laughs> Have a look at that on board. I almost drove into Lewis. Now let's take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good on the weekend. Let's run through the winners from the weekend. The biggest winner on the track was, of course, the Red Bulls. No one is disputing that. Both drivers had a very, very solid weekend with Max leading all drivers out there on day one in the times as well as day three. Perez wasn't far off the mark either. And it looked as though the car was firing on all cylinders as well. Red Bull was five tenths of a second quicker than the next fastest car in the short run pace. The next best was Mercedes. Now I've said it before and I am going to stand by it double down the Red Bull not only gives you wings but I still believe they can beat the Mercedes for the Constructors Championship another winner from the weekend was Alpha Tauri Tsunoda my little dumpling my little sushi roll was out there like it was qualifying low fuel soft tyres and he was on fire now I can't make fire jokes around Bahrain circuit we know what happened there Romain Grosjean Ooh, always forever in our hearts. But it was a good move by AlphaTauri to give their rookie a chance to go out there and go at max speed to really get a feel for the F1 car. Alpha are going to be a team to look out for this year. And I've said it a few times. And after an awesome weekend, I'm doubling down and think that this team will shock a few of those midfielders. It will finish quite high. Now, I'll give you my prediction. I gave you my prediction in the previous episode. Head over there, have a listen after this. You're going to get a ranking at the end of this episode of where each team will finish at the end of this year. And last of the winners, McLaren. Now, some say they flew under the radar on the weekend. All right, they kind of did. But my boy Danny Rick looked really comfortable in that McLaren orange. Often going out quick too. Setting some incredible times. I'm doubling down again. So many doubles. That's like four times down. Quadruple downing on the McLaren. They will finish third and it will be a convincing third as well. None of this have to beat out Renault in the last race of the season. No, no, no. They're going to convince the world that they deserve that third spot. They're going to do it behind Red Bull and the Mercedes. But the bad? Mercedes. Now, don't panic. They're probably being a really hot chick on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Showing us a little bit, but then you have to go to our OnlyFans page to see the full girl in all her glory. So Mercedes is an Instagram model with an OnlyFans account. We haven't seen anything yet, but that being said, their weekend wasn't great. Bottas had some great moments, but Hamilton looked like he struggled a bit in the beast with some of the oversteering. Look, were they going through the motions? Probably. Should they be concerned? Nah. I think they'll have two opponents this year. Number one, Red Bull, and number two, themselves. They're the only thing stopping Lewis from winning title number eight. Some more bad Aston Martin. They put in the work. 
Got some brand new design, but fell a little bit flat. They did have some gearbox issues, but overall, I don't see them being, I don't see it being too much of an issue moving forward. It is the only pick of mine I'm starting to question though. As I had Aston Martin doing quite well this year, but we'll have to wait and see. More bad, Haas got their car fired up the day before testing and went out there and did about a bajillion laps. That's not bad, that is good. But they're sluggish and slow and they will be dead last in the Constructors Championship. I'm telling you that right now. The ugly Nikita Mazepin. And that is my takeaway from testing. Red Bull are a force to be reckoned with. Mercedes aren't just going to be able to phone it in. And in a season where everyone thought to be just going through the motions, it looks like they're all they're gonna be some heated battles, not only in the midfield this year, but I think across the grid from top to bottom. I cannot wait, my nipples are tingling with excitement. Now it is time to talk about the last five constructors. On the previous podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss out, of course. We discuss Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, Aston Martin, Alpine, or Alpine, and Ferrari, and had a look at how they will go as we are on the road. Oh, yeah. This is never going to get old. Oh. I've got sound effects for days. Probably not even long enough. International Sakia Grand Prix circuit. Yeah. Yeah, so today we are looking at the others and going to see how they shape up for the 2020 season because I don't want to have to say it again. We are on the road. What's that? Back to back sound effects? Yeah, I don't care. I'll do this. I'll do this all day. Bahrain International Sakia Grand Prix Circuit. Yeah. So first off, we're going to talk Haas. Wow, this team is going backwards. They look shit house with that livery. Mazepin is a bit of a dog. Schumacher is brand new, and both drivers were unimpressive in preseason testing. That being said it's a team for the future if Haas can get their act together put all their eggs into next year's basket then we are talking the talks around town are that Haas are going to completely abandon this season and focus on 2022 when the regulations change and with the two drivers that are so young and talented it'll be Haas's turn to shine at the moment though you're a waste of space on the grid you'll finish 10th and fail to score a point all season long you may might maybe get one maybe Next team, McLaren. Now they look good. They haven't wowed at all, but they are solid in every department. The two drivers can drive. They got rid of the smooth operator. And with the addition of Danny Ricardo, they've only gotten stronger. They finished third last season in the last race in Bahrain, and I feel that they will dominate the midfield and finish third and wrap the position up well and truly before that last race in Abu Dhabi at the Yas Marina Circuit. The launch was alright, don't mind the livery either and cannot wait for the memes from these two drivers. They will finish third in the Constructors. Next team we're going to talk about the big dogs. Mercedes. Now the Mercs are like your girlfriend in high school. Especially on the weekend. 
they were out there having some fun, nothing serious, not giving too much away. But you wait until round one, then they'll become your girlfriend in college. A full-blown slut and show you everything they have. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. But they will but will it be enough? Or at least consistent enough to beat the Red Bulls? I don't know. All I'm saying is that despite the spins and mediocre performances at preseason testing, I feel that Mercedes will be fine. Their main issue is going to keep Bottas up at the front of the pack to help Hamilton out where needed. I think Hamilton wins his eighth, no problem. But will Bottas, Vettelé Bottas, be good enough to secure the Mercedes Construction Championship for him? I don't know. And I don't think so. Because this next team. So Mercedes second in the constructors because the next team are Red Bull. They were the big winners from the weekend. They look quick. They look good. The drivers are consistent and fast. It's a it's it's a lock. Get the keys out. Just lock it up. It's a lock, baby. There will be at least one Red Bull on the podium in every single race this year. That is my call. I don't personally think a Red Bull driver can beat out Hamilton every week take the driver's world championship away from the Englishman but if they work together Max doesn't kill his teammate they don't collide then we had a chance to see Mercedes dethroned for the first time in a few years Red Bull first in the constructors and finally the last team under the microscope Williams now I think they will have a great season I believe they will turn it around from last year and not only did they score some points all from Russell but I believe they will finish ahead of the Haas and ahead of the Alpha Romeo. Oaken Williams jumps, leaps and bounds. And while some teams are focused on 2022, these guys grab at the opportunity and try and sneak in there. While some teams are napping, Williams will start returning to form. But the question is, will it continue for next season? Well, that is a question for another time. So let's do the rundown. Tenth is Haas. 9th Alpha Romeo, 8th Williams, 7th Ferrari, 6th Alpine slash Alpine, however you prefer, 5th Alpha Tauri, 4th Aston Martin, 3rd McLaren, 2nd Mercedes, and my pick for the constructors is Red Bull. Now let me know your thoughts because it's time to put up or shut up as we are on the road. We're on the road, baby. I'll let you in because we're on the road. Seatbelts on? Yeah, you seatbelts on? Yeah. Bahrain International Sakir Grand Prix Circuit. Yeah. Let me know your thoughts. Head to the social slide. Into those DMs. I'm sitting back and waiting for you. Just let me know. Well, what a show that was. But is someone cutting onions? Because my eyes are watering. And I'm sad, sad man right now because it's time to say goodbye to you, the ones that I love. Make sure you subscribe, follow, like, and everything else you need to do. Call your parents, tell them you love them, message me your credit card information, and visit the socials as well. All the previous episodes are out there on parkinginmyfermate.com. And don't get too down. Don't. Put a smile on it, Dale, because I'll be back and I'll be back in a few days' time too. This time we talk 
all the drivers for the upcoming season, listing them in the order from contender to pretender, because we are on the road. Check the gaps. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. On the road to Bahrain International Sakia Grand Prix Circuit. Yeah. And of course, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.